kids. Who's ready to hear a story? <laughs> Welcome to No Books in Hell, a literary podcast hosted by me, Satan. <laughs> I just want to take a second to say thank you if you're listening to the show. It means a lot to me. After getting nice and I swapped places, I found myself with a lot of time on my hands and discovered I have a deep love of fiction. <laughs> and since Dead Dream Studios has given me free reign, I decided to make a literary podcast since no one is allowed to read anything in hell. <laughs> Our first book is a teenage classic, guaranteed to keep you up at night. No Books in Hell is proud to present... Goosebumps, The Haunted Mask, written by R.L. Stein. <laughs> Chapter 1 What are you going to be for Halloween? Sabrina Mason asked. She moved her fork around in the bright yellow macaroni on her lunch tray, but didn't take a bite. Carly Beth Caldwell sighed and shook her head. The overhead light on the lunchroom ceiling made her straight brown hair gleam. I don't know. A witch, maybe. Sabrina's mouth dropped open. You? A witch? Well, why not? Carly Beth demanded, staring across the log table at her friend. I thought you were afraid of witches, Sabrina replied. She raised a forkful of macaroni to her mouth and started to chew. This macaroni is made of rubber, she complained, chewing hard. Remind me to start packing my lunch. I am not afraid of witches, Carly Beth insisted her dark eyes flashing angrily. You just think I'm a big scaredy cat, don't you? Sabrina giggled. Yes. She flipped her black ponytail behind her shoulders with a quick toss of her head. Hey, don't eat the macaroni. Really, Carly Beth, it's gross. She reached across the table to keep Carly Beth from raising her fork. But I'm starving, Carly Beth complained. The lunchroom grew crowded and noisy. At the next table... A group of fifth-grade boys were tossing a half-full milk carton back and forth. Carly Beth saw Chuck Green ball up a bright red fruit roll-up and shove the whole stick thing in his mouth. Yuck! She made a disgusted face at him. Then she turned back to Sabrina. I am not a scaredy-cat, Sabrina. Just because everyone picks on me. Carly Beth, what about last week? Remember? At my house? Sabrina ripped open a bag of tortilla chips and offered some across the table to her friend. You mean the ghost thing? Carly Beth replied, frowning. That was really stupid. But you believed it, Sabrina said with a mouthful of chips. You really believed my attic was haunted? You should have seen the look on your face when the ceiling started to creak, and we heard the footsteps up there. That was so mean, Carly Beth complained, rolling her eyes. Then when you heard the footsteps coming down the stairs, your face went all white, and you screamed, Sabrina recalled. It was only Chuck and Steve. You know I'm afraid of ghosts, Carly Beth said, blushing, and snakes, and bugs, and loud noises, and dark rooms, and, and witches, Sabrina declared. I don't see why you have to make fun of me, Carly Beth pouted. She shoved her lunch tray away. I don't see why everyone always thinks it's so much fun to try to scare me, even you, my best friend. I'm sorry, Sabrina said sincerely. 
She reached across the table and squeezed Carly Beth's wrist reassuringly. You're just so easy to scare, it's hard to resist. Here, want some more chips? She shoved the bag toward Carly Beth. Maybe I'll scare you someday, Carly Beth threatened. Her friend laughed. No way! Carly Beth continued to pout. She was eleven, but she was tiny. And with her round face and short stub of a nose, which she hated and wished would grow longer, she looked much younger. Sabrina, on the other hand, was tall, dark, and sophisticated looking. She had straight black hair tied behind her head in a ponytail, and enormous dark eyes. Everyone who saw them together assumed that Sabrina was twelve or thirteen, but actually, Carly Beth was a month older than her friend. Maybe I won't be a witch, Carly Beth said thoughtfully, resting her chin on her hands. Maybe I'll be a disgusting monster with hanging eyeballs and green slime dripping down my face. A loud crash made Carly Beth scream. It took her a few seconds to realize it was just a lunch tray hitting the floor. She turned to see Gabe Moser, his face bright red, drop to his knees and start scooping his lunch off the floor. The lunchroom rang out with cheers and applause. Carly Beth hunched down in her seat, embarrassed that she had screamed. Her breathing had just returned to normal when a strong hand grabbed her shoulder from behind. Carly Beth's shriek echoed through the room. Chapter 2 She heard laughter. At another table, someone yelled out, Way to go, Steve! She whipped her head around to see her friend Steve Boswell standing behind her, a mischievous grin on his face. Gotcha, he said, letting go of her shoulder. Steve pulled out the chair next to Carly Beth's and lowered himself over its back. His best friend, Chuck Green, slammed his book bag onto the table and then sat down next to Sabrina. Steve and Chuck looked so much alike, they could have been brothers. Both were tall and thin, with straight brown hair, which they usually hid under their baseball caps. Both had dark brown eyes and goofy grins. Both wore faded blue jeans and dark-colored long-sleeved t-shirts. And both of them loved to scare Carly Beth. They loved to startle her, to make her jump and shriek. They spent hours dreaming up new ways to frighten her. She vowed every time that she would never, ever fall for one of their stupid tricks again. But so far, they had won every time. Carly Beth always threatened to pay them back. But in all the time they'd been friends, she hadn't been able to think of anything good enough. Chuck reached for the few remaining chips in Sabrina's bag. She playfully slapped his hand away. It your own! Steve held out a crinkled hunk of aluminum foil under Carly Beth's nose. Want a sandwich? I don't want it. Carly Beth sniffed it suspiciously. What kind is it? I'm starving. It's a turkey sandwich. Here, Steve said, handing it to Carly Beth. It's too dry. My mom forgot the mayo. You want it? Yeah, sure, thanks, Carly Beth exclaimed. She took the sandwich from him and peeled back the aluminum foil. Then she took a big bite out of the sandwich. As she started to chew, she realized that both Steve and Chuck were staring at her with big grins on their faces. Something tasted funny, kind of sticky and sour. Carly Beth stopped chewing. Chuck and Steve were laughing now. Sabrina looked confused. Carly Beth uttered a disgusted groan and spit the chewed-up sandwich hunk into a napkin. Then she pulled the bread apart and saw a big fat brown worm resting on top of the turkey. Oh! With a moan, she covered her face with her hands. The room erupted with laughter. Cruel laughter. I ate a worm. I'm going to be sick, 
Carly Beth groaned. She jumped to her feet and stared angrily at Steve. How could you? She demanded. It isn't funny. It's... 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 It isn't a real worm, Chuck said. Steve was laughing too hard to talk. Huh? Carly Beth gazed down at it and felt a wave of nausea rise up from her stomach. It isn't real. It's rubber. Pick it up, Chuck urged. Carly Beth hesitated. Kids all through the vast room were whispering and pointing at her. And laughing. Go ahead. It isn't real. Pick it up, Chuck said, grinning. Carly Beth reached down with two fingers and reluctantly picked the brown worm from the sandwich. It felt warm and sticky. Gotcha again, Chuck said with a laugh. It was real. A real worm. With a horrified cry, Carly Beth tossed the worm at Chuck, who was laughing wildly. Then she leapt away from the table, knocking the chair over. As the chair clattered noisily against the hard floor, Carly Beth covered her mouth and ran gagging from the lunchroom. I can still taste it, she thought. I can still taste the worm in my mouth. I'll pay them back for this, Carly Beth thought bitterly as she ran. I'll pay them back. I really will. As she pushed through the double doors and hurtled towards the girls' room, the cruel laughter followed her across the hall. Chapter 3 After school, Carly Beth hurried through the halls without talking to anyone. She heard kids laughing and whispering. She knew they were laughing at her. Word had spread all over school that Carly Beth Cadwell had eaten a worm at lunch. Carly Beth, the scaredy cat. Carly Beth, who was frightened of her own shadow. Carly Beth, who was so easy to trick. Chuck and Steve had sneaked a real worm, a fat brown worm, into a sandwich, and Carly Beth had taken a big bite. What a jerk! Carly Beth ran all the way home, three long blocks. Her anger grew with every step. I can relate to that. How could they do that to me? They're supposed to be my friends. Why do they think it's so funny to scare me? She burst into the house, breathing hard. Anybody home? She called, stopping in the hallway and leaning against the banister to catch her breath. Her mother hurried out from the kitchen. Carly Beth, hi. What's wrong? I ran all the way, Carly Beth told her, pulling off her blue windbreaker. Why? Miss Cadwell asked. Just felt like it, Carly Beth replied moodily. Her mother took Carly Beth's windbreaker and hung it in the front closet for her. Then she brushed a hand affectionately through Carly Beth's soft brown hair. Where'd you get the straight hair, she muttered. Her mother was always saying that. We don't look like mother and daughter at all, Carly Beth realized. Her mother was a tall, chubby woman with thick curls of copper hair and lively gray-green eyes. She was extremely energetic, seldom stood still, and talked as rapidly as she could move. Today she was wearing a paint-stained gray sweatshirt over black lacrosse tights. Like her? Like her. I think that word is like her. Anyway, why so grumpy? Mrs. Caldwell asked. Anything you'd care to talk about? Carly Beth shook her head. Not really. She didn't feel like telling her mother that she had become the laughing stock of Walnut Avenue Middle School. Come here. I have something to show you. I'm really not in the mood, Mom, Carly Beth told her, hanging back. I just... Come on, her mother insisted, and pulled her across the hallway. That is a very weird sentence. Uh, anyway. Carly Beth always found it impossible to argue with her mother. She was like a hurricane, sweeping everything in her direction. Look. 
Mrs. Caldwell declared, grinning and gesturing towards the mantelpiece. Carly Beth followed her mother's gaze to the mantel and cried out in surprise. It's a head. Not just any head, Mrs. Caldwell said, beaming. Go on, take a closer look. Carly Beth took a few steps towards the mantelpiece, her eyes on the head staring back at her. It took her a few moments to realize the straight brown hair, the brown eyes, the short snip of a nose, the round cheeks. It's me, she cried, walking up to it. Yes, life-size, Mrs. Caldwell declared. I just came from my art class at the museum. I finished it today. What do you think? Carly Beth picked it up and studied it closely. It looks just like me, Mom. Really, what's it made of? Plaster of Paris, her mother replied, taking it from Carly Beth and holding it up so that Carly... Beth was face to face, eye to eye with herself. You have to be careful. It's delicate. It's hollow. See? Carly Beth stared intently at the head, peering into her own eyes. It... it's kind of creepy, she muttered. You mean because I did such a good job, her mother demanded. It's just creepy, that's all. Carly Beth said. She forced herself to look away from the replica of herself and saw that her mother's smile had faded. Mrs. Caldwell looked hurt. Don't you like it? Yeah, sure. It's really good, Mom, Carly Beth answered quickly. But I mean, why on earth did you make it? Because I love you, Mrs. Caldwell replied curtly. Why else? Honestly, Carly Beth, you have the strangest reactions to things. I worked really hard on this sculpture. I thought, I'm sorry, Mom. I like it. Really, I do, Carly Beth insisted. It was just a surprise, that's all. It's great. It looks just like me. I... I had a bad day, that's all. Carly Beth took another long look at the sculpture. Its brown eyes, her brown eyes, stared back at her. The brown hair shimmered in the afternoon sunlight through the window. It smiled at me, Carly Beth thought, her mouth dropping open. I saw it. I just saw it smile. No. It had to be a trick of the light. It was a plaster of Paris head, she reminded herself. Don't go scaring yourself over nothing, Carly Beth. Haven't you made a big enough fool of yourself today? Thanks for showing it to me, Mom, she said awkwardly, pulling her eyes away. She forced a smile. Two heads are better than one, right? Right, Mrs. Caldwell agreed brightly. Incidentally, Carly Beth, your duck costume is all ready. I put it on your bed. Huh? Duck costume? You saw a duck costume at the mall, remember? Mrs. Caldwell carefully placed the sculpted head on the mantel. The one with all the feathers and everything. You thought it would be funny to be a duck this Halloween, so I made you a duck costume. Oh, right, Carly Beth said, her mind spinning. Do I really want to be a stupid duck this Halloween, she thought. I'll go up and take a look at it, Mom. Thanks. Carly Beth had forgotten all about the duck costume. I don't want to be a cute this Halloween, she thought as she climbed the stairs to her room. I want to be scary. She had seen some really scary looking masks in the window of a new party store that had opened a few blocks from school. One of them, she knew, would be perfect. But now she'd have to walk around in feathers and have everyone quack at her and make fun of her. It wasn't fair. Why did her mother have to listen to every word she said? Well, maybe because she loved a kid. Just because Carly Beth had admired a duck costume in a store didn't mean she wanted to be a stupid duck for Halloween. Carly Beth hesitated outside her bedroom. The door had been pulled closed for some reason. She never closed the door. She listened carefully. 
She thought she heard someone breathing on the other side of the door. Someone or something. The breathing grew louder. Carly Beth pressed an ear to the door. What was in her room? There was only one way to find out. Carly Beth pulled open the door and uttered a startled cry. Chapter 4 Quack! With a hideous cry, an enormous white feathered duck, its eyes wild and frenzied, leapt onto Carly Beth. As she staggered backwards in astonishment, the duck knocked her over and pinned her to the hallway floor. Quack! Quack! The costume has come alive! Ha ha ha! That was Carly Beth's first frightened thought. Then she quickly realized the truth. Noah, get off of me! She demanded, trying to push the big duck off her chest. The white feathers brushed against her nose. Hey, that tickles! She sneezed. Noah, come on! Quack! Noah, I mean it! She told her eight-year-old... Brother? What are you doing in my costume? It's supposed to be my costume. I was just trying it on, Noah said, his blue eyes staring down at her through the white and yellow duck mask. Did I scare you? Not a bit, Carly Beth lied. Now get up. You're heavy. He refused to budge. Why do you always want everything that's mine? Carly Beth demanded angrily. I don't, he replied. And why do you think it's so funny to try and scare me all the time, she asked. I can't help it if you get scared every time I say boo, he replied nastily. Get up. Get up. He quacked a few more times, flapping the feathered wings. Then he climbed to his feet. Can I have this costume? It's really neat. Carly Beth frowned and shook her head. You've got feathers all over me. You're molting. Molting? What's that mean? Noah demanded. He pulled off the mask. His blonde hair was damp from sweat and matted against his head. It means you're going to be a bald duck, Carly Beth told him. I don't care. Can I have this costume? Noah asked, examining the mask. It fits me, really. I don't know, Carly Beth told him. Maybe. The phone rang in her room. Get lost, okay? Go fly south for the winter or something, she said, and hurried to answer the phone. As she ran to her desk, she saw white feathers all over her bed. That costume will never survive till Halloween, she thought. She picked up the receiver. Hello? Oh, hi, Sabrina. Yeah, I'm okay. Sabrina had called to remind Carly Beth that the school science fair was tomorrow. They had to finish their project, a model of the solar system constructed with ping-pong balls. Come over after dinner, Carly Beth told her. It's almost finished. We just have to paint it. My mom said she'd help us take it to school tomorrow. They chatted for a while. Then Carly Beth confided. I was so mad, Sabrina. At lunch today, why do Chuck and Steve think it's so funny to do things like that to me? Sabrina was silent for a moment. I guess it's because you're so scarable, Carly Beth. Scarable? You scream so easily, Sabrina said. Other people get scared, but they're more quiet about it. You know Chuck and Steve. They don't really mean to be mean. They just think it's funny. Well, I don't think it's funny at all, Carly Beth replied unhappily, and I'm not going to be scared of all anymore. I mean it. I'm not ever going to scream or get frightened again. The science projects were all set up for judging on the stage in the auditorium. Mrs. Armbruster, the principal, and Mr. Smith, the science teacher, walked from display to display, making notes on their clipboards. The solar system, as designed by Carly Beth and Sabrina, had survived the trip to school in pretty good shape. 
Pluto had a slight dent in it, which the girls had struggled unsuccessfully to straighten out, and Earth kept coming loose from its string and bouncing across the floor, but both girls agreed the display looked pretty good. Maybe it wasn't as impressive as Martin Goodman's project. Martin had built a computer from scratch. But Martin was a genius, and Carly Beth figured the judges wouldn't expect everyone else to be a genius too. Looking around the crowded, noisy stage, Carly Beth saw other interesting projects. Mary Sue Chong had built some kind of electronic robot arm that could pick up a couple or wave to people. And Brian Baldwin had several glass bottles filled with brown, gunky stuff that he claimed was toxic waste. Someone had done a chemical analysis of the town's drinking water, and someone had built a volcano that would erupt when the two judges came by. Our project is kind of boring, Sabrina whispered nervously to Carly Beth, her eyes on the two judges who were ooing and aahing over Martin Goodman's homemade computer. I mean, it's just painting ping-pong balls on strings. I like our project, Carly Beth insisted. We worked hard on it, Sabrina. I know, Sabrina replied fretfully, but it's still kind of boring. The volcano erupted, sending up a gusher of red liquid. The judges appeared impressed. Several kids cheered. Uh-oh, here they come, Carly Beth whispered, jamming her hands into her jean pockets. Mrs. Armorster and Mr. Smith, smiles plastered across their faces, were coming closer. They stopped to examine a display of light and crystals. Suddenly, Carly Beth heard an excited shout from somewhere behind her on the stage. My tarantula! Hey! My tarantula got out. She recognized Steve's voice. Where's my tarantula, he called. Several kids uttered startled cries. Some kids laughed. I'm not going to get scared, Carly Beth told herself, swallowing hard. She knew she was terrified of tarantulas, but this time she was determined not to show it. My tarantula, it got away, Steve shouted over the roar of excited voices. I'm not going to get scared. I'm not going to get scared, Carly Beth repeated to herself. But then she felt something pinch the back of her leg and dig its spiny pincer into her skin. And Carly Beth uttered a shrill scream of terror and it rang through the auditorium. <laughs> Chapter 5 Carly Beth screamed and knocked over the solar system. She kicked her leg wildly, trying to toss off the tarantula. Ping-pong ball planets bounced over the floor. She screamed again, Get it off me! Get it off! Carly Beth, stop! Sabrina pleaded. You're okay! You're okay! It took Carly Beth a long while to realize that everyone was laughing. Her heart pounding, she spun around to find Steve down on his hands and knees behind her. He made a pinching motion with his thumb and finger. Gotcha again, he said, grinning up at her. No, Carly Beth cried. There was no tarantula, she realized. Steve had pinched her leg. She raised her head and saw that kids all over the stage were laughing. Mrs. Armorster and Mr. Smith were laughing too. Ha 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 ha. With a cry of anger, Carly Beth tried to kick Steve in the side, but he spun around. She missed. Help me pick up the planets, she heard Sabrina say, but Sabrina seemed far, far away. All Carly Beth could hear was the pounding of her heart and the laughter of the children all around her. Steve had climbed to his feet. He and Chuck were side by side, grinning at her, slapping each other high fives. Carly Beth, 
Help me, Sabrina pleaded, but Carly Beth spun away, jumped off the stage and ran, escaping up the dark auditorium aisle. I'm going to pay Steve and Chuck back, she vowed angrily, her sneakers thudding loudly up the concrete aisle. I'm going to scare them, really scare them. But how? Chapter 6 Okay, what time should I meet you? Carly Beth asked, cradling the phone between her chin and shoulder. On the other end of the line, Sabrina considered for a moment. How about 7.30? It was Halloween. The plan was to meet at Sabrina's house, and then go trick-or-treating through the entire neighborhood. The earlier the better. We'll get more candy, Sabrina said. Did Steve call you? Yeah, he called. Carly Beth replied bitterly. Did he apologize? Yeah, he apologized, Carly Beth muttered, rolling her eyes. Big deal. I mean, he already made me look like a jerk in front of the entire school. What good is an apology? I think he felt bad, Sabrina replied. I hope he felt bad, Carly Beth exclaimed. It was so mean. It was a dirty trick, Sabrina agreed. And then... She added, but you'll have to admit it was kind of funny. I don't have to admit anything, Carly Beth snapped. Has it stopped raining? Sabrina asked, changing the subject. Carly Beth pulled back the curtain to glance out her bedroom window. The evening sky was charcoal gray, dark clouds hovering low. But the rain had stopped. The street glistened wetly under the light of a street lamp. No rain. I've got to go. See you at 7.30, Carly Beth said, speaking rapidly. Hey, wait. What's your costume? Sabrina demanded. It's a surprise, Carly Beth told her, and hung up. It'll be a surprise to me too, she told herself, glancing unhappily at the feathery duck costume rolled up on the chair in the corner. Carly Beth's plan had been to go to the new party store after school and pick out the ugliest, most disgusting, scariest mask they had. But her mother had picked her up after school and insisted that she stay home and watch Noah for a couple hours. Ha 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 ha! Mrs. Caldwell hadn't returned until 5.15. Now it was nearly a quarter till six. There was no way the party store would still be open, Carly Beth thought, frowning at the duck costume. Quack, quack, she said miserably. She walked to the mirror and ran her hairbrush through her hair. Maybe it's worth a try, she thought. Maybe that store stays open late on Halloween. She pulled open her top dresser drawer and took out her wallet. Did she have enough money for a good, scary mask? Thirty dollars. Her life savings. She wadded up the bills and stuffed them back into the wallet. Then, jamming the wallet into her jean pocket, she grabbed her coat and hurried downstairs and out the front door. The evening air was cold and damp. Carly Beth struggled to zip her coat as she jogged towards the party store. The house next door had a glowing jack-o'-lantern in the front window. The house on the corner had a paper skeleton strung up across the front porch. The wind howled through the bare trees. The branches above her head shook and rattled like bony arms. What a creepy night, Carly Beth thought. She started running a little faster. A car rolled silently by, sending harsh white light floating across the sidewalk like a bridge ghost. Glancing across the street, Carly Beth saw the old carpenter mansion looming over its dark, weed-choked lawn. 
Everyone said that ramshackle old house was haunted by people who had been murdered inside it a hundred years ago. <laughs> Once, Carlybeth had heard frightening howls coming from the old mansion. When she was Noah's age, Steve and Chuck and some other kids had dared each other to go up to the house and knock on the door. Carlybeth had run home instead. She never did find out if the other kids were brave enough to do it. Now Carlybeth felt a chill of fear as she hurried past the old house. She knew this neighborhood really well. She had lived in it her entire life. But tonight, it looked different to her. Was it just the wet glow left by the rain? No. It was a heavy feeling in the air. A heavier darkness. The eerie orange glow of grinning pumpkins in windows. The silent cries of ghouls and monsters waiting to float free on their night to celebrate Halloween! Ha 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 ha! Trying to force all the scary thoughts from her mind, Carlybeth turned the corner. The little party store came into view. The window was lit, revealing two rows of Halloween masks staring out at the street. But was the store still open? Crossing her fingers, Carlybeth waited for a truck to rumble past, then eagerly jogged across the street. She stopped for a second to examine the masks in the window. There were gorilla masks, monster masks, some sort of blue-haired alien mask. Pretty good, she thought. They're pretty ugly, but they probably have even scarier ones inside. The lights were on in the store. She peered through the glass door. Then she tried turning the knob. It didn't move. She tried again. She tried pulling the door open. Then she tried pushing. No. No way. She was too late. The store was closed. Chapter 7 Carlybeth sighed and peered in through the glass. The walls of the tiny store were covered with masks. The masks seemed to stare back at her. They're laughing at me, she thought unhappily. Laughing at me because I'm too late. Because the store is closed, and I'm going to have to be a stupid duck for Halloween. Suddenly, a dark shadow moved over the glass, blocking Carlybeth's view. She gasped and took a step back. It took her a moment to realize that the shadow was a man. A man in a black suit, staring out at her, a look of surprise on his face. Are you... are you closed? Carlybeth shouted through the glass. The man gestured that he couldn't hear her. He turned the lock and pulled the door open an inch. Can I help you? He asked curtly. He had shiny black hair, parted in the middle, and slicked down on his head and a pencil-thin black mustache. Are you open? Carlybeth asked timidly. I need a Halloween mask. It's very late, the man replied, not answering her question. He pulled the door open another few inches. We normally close at five. I really would like to buy a mask, Carlybeth told him in her most determined voice. The man's tiny, black eyes peered into hers. His expression remained blank. Come in, he said quietly. As Carlybeth stepped past him into the store, she saw that he wore a black cape. It must be a Halloween costume, she told herself. I'm sure he doesn't wear that all the time. She turned her attention to the masks on the two walls. What kind of mask are you looking for? The man asked, closing the door behind him. Carlybeth felt a stab of fear, his black eyes glowing like two burning coals. He seemed so strange 
and here she was, locked in this closed store with him. <laughs> a sc sc scary one, she stammered. He rubbed his chin thoughtfully. He pointed to the wall. The gorilla mask has been very popular. It has real hair. I believe I may have one left in stock. Carlybeth stared up at the gorilla mask. She didn't really want to be a gorilla. It was too ordinary. It wasn't scary enough. Hmm. Do you have anything scarier? She asked. He flipped his cape back over the shoulder of his black suit. How about that yellowish one with the pointy ears? He suggested, pointing. I believe it's some sort of Star Trek character. I still have a few of them, I believe. No! Carly Beth shook her head. I need something really scary. A strange smile formed under the man's thin mustache. His eyes burned into hers, as if trying to read her thoughts. Look around, he said, with a sweep of his hand. Everything I have left in stock is up on the walls. Carly Beth turned her gaze to the masks. A pig mask with long, ugly tusks, and blood trickling from the snout caught her eye. Pretty good, she thought, but not quite right. A hairy werewolf mask with white, pointy fangs was hung beside it. Again, too ordinary, Carly Beth decided. Her eyes glanced over a green Frankenstein mask. A Freddy Krueger mask that came with Freddy's hand, complete with the long, silvery blades for fingers. And an E.T. mask. Just not scary enough, Carly Beth thought, starting to feel a little desperate. I need something that will really make Steve and Chuck die of fright. Young lady, I am afraid I must ask you to make your choice, the man in the cape said softly. He had moved behind the narrow counter at the front and was turning a key in the cash register. We really are closed, after all. I'm sorry, Carly Beth started. It's just that the phone rang before she could finish explaining. The man picked it up quickly and began talking in a low voice, turning his back to Carly Beth. She wandered towards the back of the store, studying the masks as she walked. She passed a black cat mask with long, ugly yellow fangs. A vampire mask with bright red blood trickling down its lips was hung next to a grinning bald mask of Uncle Fester from the Adams family. Not right, not right, not right, Carly Beth thought, frowning. She hesitated when she spotted a narrow door slightly opened at the back of the store. Was there another room? Were there more masks back there? She glanced to the front. The man, hidden behind his cape, still had his back to her as he talked on the phone. Carly Beth gave the door a hesitant push to peek inside. The door creaked open. Pale orange light washed over the small, shadowy back room. Carly Beth stepped inside and gasped in amazement. Chapter 8 Two dozen empty eye sockets stared blindly at Carly Beth. She gaped in horror at the distorted, deformed faces. They were masks, she realized. Two shelves of masks. But the masks were so ugly, so grotesque, so real, they made her breath catch in her throat. Carly Beth gripped the doorframe, reluctant to enter the tiny back room. Staring into the dim orange light, she studied the hideous masks. One mask had long, stringy yellow hair falling over its bulging green forehead. A hairy black rat's head poked up from a knot in the hair, the rat's eyes gleaming like two dark jewels. 
The mask beside it had a large nail stuck through an eye hole. Thick, wet-looking blood pouring from the eye down to the cheek. Chunks of rotting skin appeared to be falling off another mask, revealing gray bone underneath. An enormous black insect, some kind of grotesque beetle, poked out from between the green and yellow decayed teeth. Carly Beth's horror mixed with excitement. She took a step into the room. The wooden floorboards creaked noisily beneath her. She took another step closer to the grotesque, grinning masks. They seemed so real, so horribly real. The faces had such detail. The skin appeared to be made of flesh, not rubber or plastic. These are perfect, she thought, her heart pounding. These are just what I was looking for. They look terrifying just propped up on these shelves. She imagined Steve and Chuck seeing one of these masks coming up at them in the dark of night. She pictured herself uttering a blood-curdling scream and leaping out from behind a tree in one of them. She imagined the horrified expressions on the boys' faces. She pictured Steve and Chuck shrieking in terror and running for their lives. Perfect. Perfect. What a laugh that would be. What a victory. Carly Beth took a deep breath and stepped up to the shelves. Her eyes settled on an ugly mask on the lower shelf. It had a bulging, bald head. Its skin was a putrid yellow-green. Its enormous, sunken eyes were an eerie orange and seemed to glow. It had a broad, flat nose, smashed in like a skeleton's nose. The dark-lipped mouth gaped wide, revealing jagged animal fangs. Staring hard at the hideous mask, Carly Beth reached out a hand toward it. Reluctantly, she touched the broad forehead, and as she touched it, the mask cried out. Chapter 9 Oh! Carly Beth shrieked and jerked back her hand. The mask grinned at her. Its orange eyes glowed brightly. The lips appeared to curl back over the fangs. She suddenly felt dizzy. What is going on here? As she staggered back, away from the shelves, she realized that the angry cry hadn't come from the mask. It had come from behind her. Carly Beth spun around to see the black-caped store owner glaring at her from the doorway. His dark eyes flashed. His mouth was turned down in a menacing frown. Oh, I thought... Carly Beth started, glancing back at the mask. She still felt confused, her heart pounding loudly in her chest. I am sorry you saw these, the man said in a low, threatening voice. He took a step toward her, his cape brushing the doorway. What is he going to do, Carly Beth wondered, uttering a horrible gasp. Why is he coming at me like that? What is he going to do to me? I am so sorry, he repeated, his small dark eyes burning into hers. He took another step closer. Carly Beth backed away from him. Then she uttered a startled cry as she backed into the display shelves. The hideous masks jiggled and quaked as if alive. What? What do you mean? She managed to choke out. I... I was just... I am sorry you saw these because they are not for sale, the man said softly. He stepped past her and straightened one of the masks on the stand. Carly Beth breathed a sigh of relief. He didn't mean to scare me, she told herself. I am scaring myself. She crossed her arms in front of her coat and tried to force her heartbeat to return to normal. 
She stepped to the side as the store owner continued to arrange the masks, handling them carefully, brushing their hair with one hand, tenderly dusting off their bulging, blood-covered foreheads. Not for sale. Why not? Carlybeth demanded. Her voice came out tiny and shrill. Too scary, the man replied. He turned to smile at her. But I want a really scary one, Carlybeth told him. I want that one. She pointed to the mask she had touched, the mask with the open mouth and its terrifying, jagged fangs. Too scary, the man replied, pushing his cape behind his shoulder. But it's Halloween, Carlybeth protested. I have a really scary gorilla mask, the man said, motioning for Carlybeth to go back to the front room. Very scary. Looks like it's growling. I will give you a good price on it since it's so late. Carlybeth shook her head. Her arms crossed definitely in front of her. A gorilla mask won't scare Stephen Chuck, she said. The man's expression changed. Who? My friends, she told him. I have to have that one, she insisted. It's so scary. I'm almost afraid to touch it. It's perfect. It's too scary, the man repeated, lowering his eyes to it. He ran his hand over the green forehead. I can't take the responsibility. It's so real looking, Carly Beth gushed. They'll both faint. I know they will. And then they'll never try to scare me again. Young lady, the store owner started, glancing impatiently at his watch. I really must insist that you make up your mind. I am a patient man, but... Please, Carly Beth begged. Please sell it to me. Here, look. She dug into her jean pocket and pulled out the money she had brought. Young lady, I... Thirty dollars, Carly Beth said shoving the wadded-up bills into the man's hand. I'll give you thirty dollars for it. That's enough, isn't it? It's not a matter of money, he told her. These masks are not for sale. With an exacerbated sigh, he started toward the doorway that led to the front of the store. Please, I need it. I really need it, Carly Beth begged, chasing after him. These masks are too real, he insisted, gesturing to the shelves. I'm warning you. Please. Please. He shut his eyes. You will be sorry. No, I won't. I won't. I know I won't. Carly Beth exclaimed gleefully, seeing that he was about to give in. He opened his eyes. He shook his head. She could see that he was debating with himself. With a sigh, he tucked the money into his coat pocket. Then he carefully lifted the mask from the shelf straightening the pointed ears, and started to hand it to her. Thanks, she cried, eagerly snatching the mask from his hands. It's perfect, absolutely perfect. She held the mask by the flat nose. It felt soft and surprisingly warm. Thanks again, she cried, hurrying to the front. The mask gripped tightly in her hand. Can I give you a bag for that, the man called after her. But Carly Beth was already out of the store. She crossed the street and started to run toward home. The sky was black. No stars poked through. The streets still glistened wetly from the afternoon's rain. This is going to be the best trick-or-treat night ever, Carly Beth thought happily, because this is the night I get my revenge. She couldn't wait to spring out at Steve and Chuck. She wondered what their costumes would be. They had both talked about painting their faces blue and dyeing their hair blue and being smurfs. Lame. Really lame. Carly Beth stopped under a street light and held up the mask. 
gripping it with both hands by its pointed ears. It grinned up at her, the two crooked rows of fangs hanging over its thick, rubbery lips. Then, tucking it carefully under one arm, she ran the rest of the way home. Stopping at the bottom of the driveway, she gazed up at her house, the front window all glowing brightly, the porch light sending white light over the lawn. I've got to try this mask out on someone, she thought eagerly. I've got to see just how good it is. Her brother's grinning face popped into her mind. Noah, of course, she said aloud. Noah has really been asking for it. Grinning gleefully, Carly Beth hurried up the drive, eager to make Noah her first victim. Chapter 10 Carly Beth crept silently through the front door and tossed her coat onto the entryway floor. The house felt stuffy and hot. A sweet smell, the aroma of hot cider on the stove, greeted her. Mom really gets into holidays, she thought with a smile. Tiptoeing through the front hallway, holding the mask in front of her, Carly Beth listened hard. Noah, where are you? Where are you, my little guinea pig? Noah was always bragging about how he was so much braver than Carly Beth. He was always putting bugs down her back and planting rubber snakes in her bed. Anything he could think of to make her scream. She heard footsteps above her head. Noah must be up in his room, she realized. He's probably putting on his Halloween costume. At the last minute, Noah had decided he wanted to be a cockroach. Mrs. Caldwell had dashed frantically all over the house, finding the materials to build pointy feelers and a hard shell for his back. Well, the little bug is in for a surprise, Carly Beth thought evilly. She examined her mask. This should send that cockroach scampering under the sink. She stopped at the bottom of the stairs. She could hear loud music coming from Noah's room. An old heavy metal song. <laughs> yeah, right, like a kid like him would listen to heavy metal. Gripping the mask by the rubbery neck, she raised it carefully over her head, then pulled it slowly down. It was surprisingly warm inside. The mask fit tighter than Carly Beth had imagined. It had a funny smell, kind of sour, kind of old, like damp newspapers that have been left for years in an attic or garage. She slid it all the way down until she could see through the eye holes. Then she smoothed the bulging bald head over her head and tugged the neck down. I should have stopped in front of a mirror, she fretted. I can't see if it looks right. The mask felt very tight. Her breathing echoed noisily in a flat nose. She forced herself to ignore the sour smell that invaded her nose. She held on tightly to the banister as she crept up the stairs. It was hard to see the steps through the eye holes. She had to take the climb slowly, one step at a time. The heavy metal music ended as she stepped onto the landing. She crept silently down the hall and stopped outside of Noah's door. Carly Beth edged her head into the doorway and peeked into the brightly lit room. Noah was standing in front of the mirror, adjusting the two long cockroach feelers above his head. Noah, I'm coming for you, Carly Beth called. To her surprise, her voice came out gruff and low. It wasn't her voice at all. Huh? Startled, Noah spun around. 
Noah, I've got you, Carlybeth shrieked, her voice deep, raspy, and evil. No, her brother uttered a harsh cry of protest. Even under his bug makeup, Carlybeth could see him go pale. She darted into the room, her arms outstretched as if ready to grab him. No, please, he cried, his expression terrified. Who are you? How? How did you get in? He doesn't even recognize me, Carlybeth thought gleefully, and he's scared to death. Was it the hideous face, the deep rumble of a voice, or both? Carlybeth didn't care. The mask was definitely a success. I've got you, she screamed, surprising herself. At how scary her voice sounded from inside the mask. No, please, Noah begged. Mom, Mom, he backed towards the bed, trembling all over, his feelers quivering in fright. Mom, help! Carlybeth burst out laughing. The laughter came out in a deep rumble. It's me, stupid, she cried. What a yellow-bellied scaredy-cat. Huh? Still huddled by the bed, Noah stared hard at her. Don't you recognize my jeans? My sweater? It's me, you idiot, Carlybeth declared in the gruff voice. But your face, that mask, Noah stammered. It, it really scared me. I mean, he gaped at her, studying the mask. It didn't sound like you, Carlybeth, he muttered. I thought... Carlybeth tugged at the bottom of the mask, trying to lift it off. It felt hot and sticky. She was panting noisily. She tried pulling the bottom with both hands. The mask didn't budge. She raised her hands to the pointed ears and tried lifting it off. She tugged, tugged harder. She tried pulling the mask off by the top of the head. It didn't move. Hey, it won't come off, she cried. The mask... It won't come off. So I feel like this is a good place to stop. We've gotten through chapters 1 through 10 of Goosebumps the Haunted Mask, and I'm feeling really good. I hope you've enjoyed listening to this show, and we'll be back soon with part 2. Until then, remember to read as much as you can, because there's no books in hell. <laughs> this has been Satan. Have a good one. No Books in Hell is a literary podcast created by Dan Dobry, produced in association with Dead Dream Studios. To learn more about Dead Dream Studios, please visit our Instagram or Twitter page. 